0: to the Pint of Politics podcast. This is episode number 49 and I'm once again joined by Liam. How
1: are you doing, mate? You alright? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. What about you?
0: Yeah, man, all good, all good. Um, it's a good day. It's a good day to uh, to be a, a host on the Pint of Politics podcast. It's Spotify wrapped, came out today. Um, and I didn't actually know that you could get like stats for your, your podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, our podcast this year has been listened to in nearly 30 different countries, which is mental. Um, 270 of our fans have listened to us more than any other podcast. Uh, six people who spent their birthdays listening to us. Um, and we've had loads of people tweeting us and stuff say we've like we're in their like top five or that we're their number one, which is quality. The most mental, mental stat for me though was the fact that we peaked at 13th in the UK podcast charts on Spotify. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty impressive, mate. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> mental. That is going on my CV, 100%. <laughs> mate, yeah. that, is, that is just... I, I mean, I know the episode that it would have been. It would have been after the uh, Emily Rachel episode. Yeah. We spent six days in the charts and got us as uh, the 13th. The amount of podcasts there are in the UK... The fact that we even spent one day in the charts is mental. The fact we got as high as thirteen is uh, it's just absolutely insane. um and I, and you know I'm pretty pretty buzzing with it as you can imagine and thank you to all our listeners and stuff like that um because without you, obviously it wouldn't be possible. Um, and even if you just listened to that one episode that boosted us massively, which it did um and I still think we'll struggle to stop it. but honestly, um, it it means the world it's quality um yeah it's just a bit, a bit mental really when when you think uh the bulk of this is just me sitting in my bedroom at my desk with a microphone and, and headphones and doing it over zoom just talking shit with my mates and it's yeah it's good man it's good I, there, there there there's been times where I, when you I sort of sit there and think ah you know it's it's all a bit of a laugh and like it's not Nothing major or anything. Like this like, doesn't mean we've like suddenly hit the big time, but uh, it's it's pretty. Uh, it shows that maybe it's not just uh, you know taking a piss. We are actually not not as bad as I as I think we are.
1: But um, yeah, there we go. I'm I'm pretty buzzing with that. I reckon uh, when we get uh, Pussy Man Dan back on, uh, that'll uh, that'll definitely give
0: Emily Rachel a run for her money. I'd like to hope so, mate. I'd like to hope
1: so. um
0: Yeah, so thank you very much to everyone um, for for all your support and stuff. Over the last year, not done this year yet, obviously we're doing it. We're going to do a big end of year review episode, which is going to be big and fat and going to have guest appearances. It's going to be beautiful. Um, Anyway, what are you drinking, Liam, if anything?
1: Uh, Just a little kind of Heineken, nothing major.
0: Nice, nice. I'm on the Peronis. Um, Feeling a bit bougie, so I thought go for a nice Peroni um yeah not had one in a while so there we go i don't think it's been featured on the on the podcast actually peroni so normally because i'm too skint to buy it but uh there we go
1: Every one you can throw in the mix um obviously everyone in this country will have had the standard peroni that's in the, the green bottle but um when i was in naples all the all like the natives there they drink uh, what's called peroni red and it's in like a black black bottle with a red label. Mm. Um, it's actually pretty banging. Sometimes you occasionally see it in an Italian restaurant. Here. So, yeah.
0: Uh, no. Um. Yeah. We used to sell it where I used to work at the botanist. We used to do Peroni Red. It's nice.
1: It's nice. Yeah. It's decent. Them. Very decent. Uh, the, the green one's actually called Nastro Azzurro in uh, in Italy. Right. It's just called Peroni here, but it's called Nastro Azzurro over there. It's like premium, but the original uh, Peroni Red. I actually think I prefer it.
0: Nice one. Nice. Um. Right. Let's get cracking into obviously the big news and i'd love to know i should have counted actually how many episodes we've gone without really talking about coronavirus in depth but we've got no choice but to um in case you've been living under a rock boris johnson announced on saturday that uh, certain measures will be coming back as a result of the emergence of this new uh, omicron variant which by the way. There's no evidence to suggest it's going to evade vaccines. No no evidence to suggest it's more deadly. Uh, And the World Health Organization today have come out and said that actually uh, in in all the reported cases so far, symptoms are only really mild. So anyway, he's brought back masks in shops and public transport. Um, He's also reimposed um, quarantine from I think any international country, isn't it? Is it, you have to have a PCR test on day two or something like that?
1: Not just from red list countries.
0: I no, I don't know. I think it, I should, we definitely should know this. See what I mean? How the fuck have we got to 13th in the charts? We don't even know what we're talking about. We do have a podcast about politics and half the time we're just going, oh, I, see, I don't know, like. um, um But yeah. Fair, and,
1: I could do with knowing because I'm off to Hamburg next weekend.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Have a look. But... um and he's also say said that um, anyone who comes into contact with anyone who tested positive for the new variant has to self isolate for ten days, regardless of whether they're vaccinated or not. That does not apply to people who come into contact with people who just test for positive for ordinary COVID. I don't know. Um, anyway, what are your thoughts, Lee? And what were your, what were your thoughts on this this reimposition of of some restrictions? But we're still quite far behind a lot of other European countries in terms of restrictions, but what what were your thoughts?
1: It's just none of it makes any logical sense whatsoever at this point. It just doesn't at all. Um, I feel like I'm just so sick of talking about coronavirus now. My main thing is, where does this end? This was when I first, this was like my first argument about Corona. At the start, I was as good as gold with it. I didn't go out. I stayed at home. I only went out for work or food shops. I wore masks. I went and got my jobs. I did everything that was required of me. And it's still coming around again. Where mm. does it end? Where does it end? I had an argument with some Muppet on Twitter the other night. He was calling me Mein Führer and calling me a neo-Nazi because I said... Yeah, I, I saw against- that. Because I was against coronavirus, <laughs> there were coronavirus restrictions. Um, he was like, you'd make a good Nazi. I was like, what? Strange argument. If anything, they'd make good Nazis. Exactly. It just doesn't make any logical sense. I don't even know what my argument is about anymore just because of how ridiculous it is. Mm.
0: It's
1: like, wear masks, don't wear masks. And then it's like, wear masks again now. Yeah. If you're going into a shop, you have to wear a mask where there's, what, 20, 30 people in a small shop, maybe 100 in a supermarket. But Mm. then you can go to a rave, you go to a football match, you go in any rammed pub in the country and you don't have to wear one. Which is just ridiculous, and then don't, don't airport- give them any ideas. Well, it's not <laughs> next, isn't it? and it at airports. Whilst you sat inside the airport, you have to social distance. But as soon as you get on a plane, rammed plane, sit next to strangers, flying all over the world mm. again doesn't make any sense. Everyone has to wear masks on planes, but you still sat next to people, whereas you can't in the airport. It just none of it just makes sense. And then even the the, the biggest piss take for me with with it all was that um, the summit that they all had. Like I think it's a couple of months Cop, ago. Cop twenty six. Yeah, or where they were it, like, or was it the G seven summit? The G seven one. So they were like, that was when the restrictions were still in place for a lot of places, and yet they're all on the beach drinking champagne, stood in circles with each other. It, they don't actually care. It, it's I, I mean I'm not a big conspiracy theorist kind of guy, but it's getting to the stage where I'm actually thinking something must be going on for this. I've the best one that I've seen that I think is actually pretty pretty good. Uh, would be a pretty good conspiracy theory regarding it. It's about climate change. I think they realise how bad it actually is. So by making people stay in their own countries and not go out and not fly to the places, they're more scared to do so. It reduces pollution because there's no logic to any of this anymore. They just make it up as they go along. I don't think any of them actually know what they're doing. And even with this new variant, the South African uh, scientist has come out and said, it's, this is a complete overreaction. They, don't, they, they said that all it is is mild muscle pain. Yeah, um, I might get a cold, and yet here we go. All right, new variant. We need to lock everything down and all the rest of the bollocks. It's it's just ridiculous at this point, mate.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's one of them that very much. I I felt an awful sense of um, not PTSD because that's a bit far, but it was it was a sort of sense of it was a sickening sort of deja vu in a way not that i think we're going to go i just want to clarify not that i think we're going to go back into full lockdown or even um the tier systems that we saw last year touchwood i don't think that's going to happen but touchwoods i could i am this is the optimist in me i'm fully aware that you know uh there is there is a very loud cynic in my head that tells me i'm i'm being far too optimistic about the government but yeah it was a bit of a sort of weird sense of oh you know not again we're we're doing this again um as far as masks and mask wearing goes um it's inconsistent that's that's the point and that's the point that you made you know we can you have to wear one i technically have to wear one if i was sitting in a train carriage that was empty by myself um but don't have to wear one like you say if i'm at a gig or something like that um which I'm absolutely fine with, by the way. I, I don't want there to be, uh, you know, mask imposed in, in hospitality and things. So I think it would have a really uh, detrimental effect. Um, but I mean, let's be fair, right? Masks, there is evidence uh, both ways. Both sides have conflicting views on whether masks are an effective measure. But the overall evidence that suggests that masks have a positive impact, even that evidence suggests that actually you can't, you can't find a direct causal link between the wearing of masks and the reduction of the transmission of coronavirus. That's, that's a fact. Um, The evidence that a lot of people quote is the whole 53% reduction in transmission. And in in that very study, it says we can't say that this is a hundred percent down to masks. You can say there's potentially a link, which is fair enough. And I accept that there might be a link, um, but it's not concrete evidence. That's point one, right? Point two about wearing masks. I've like you say, you know, we've, we've jumped through these hoops for the government, right? We've, you know, we've stayed locked down. We haven't left the house in the early stages. And then our, I've had both jabs and, um, And ultimately, the reason I got both jabs was not for health reasons. It was because I knew that at some point, uh, some things that I wanted to do would be dependent on whether I'd had the vaccination or not, which is true for travelling to certain countries and things like that. So I was right there. I didn't get it for the health benefits. I accept that there are health benefits for people. 100% I'm not uh, an anti-vaxxer. I'm not saying that people shouldn't get the vaccine because it will genuinely... Uh, stop you from getting seriously ill or even ill at all, which is obviously obviously beneficial. I 100% support it. And I, and I think people should take the boosters if they feel that they they need to. Um, I'm not going to coerce people into doing it. I don't think people should be forced to do it, but that's my point. Do I feel that wearing a bit of cloth over my face is going to help this sort of immunity that I've already got? Bear in mind, I've already had COVID as well. So not only have I gotten a, some natural immunity, I've got both vaccines, which provides a very high level of that, and even if I had none of those the impact that COVID could have on me as a fit healthy uh, 20 year old is very minimal, but fair enough Will I still wear a mask? If someone asked me to, probably just because I don't want to you know, cause any problems with those, but in all honesty, I think it's just pointless Here's the the sort of sticking point for me and why I feel that these restrictions have been implemented. Last year, we, around a similar time of year as this, had the emergence and the sort of surge in the Delta variant. Um, Now, the government were widely accused of acting too slowly in response to this variant, and that's why we ended up with Christmas being cancelled, quote-unquote, for a lot of people, uh, which, I mean, it was. Um, and, you know, people being put in tier four and then the subsequent lockdown, which followed from January on a national level. So I think and I genuinely think this, the government are acting preemptively and overcautiously so that they're not accused of that same thing happening again this time. They've seen the words new variant come out and it's it's not scary for, for, for think, me. I don't I don't really think oh I'm shit myself. You know, it's, it's something for the media to have their their sinister fun with. Um, But I think the government, I genuinely think this, um, that they're overreacting so that they can't be accused of underreacting because they'd rather be accused of... Because it looked good, right? Say in three weeks, when they they review this decision, that's a week before Christmas, an, an exact week. Say at that point, they go, all restrictions are gone again. Yay! Hooray for the government, right? As opposed to in another sort of few weeks they had to make this step that they've just made, um, then that would sour the mood. So I personally think it's an overreaction. Um, I think the, like say, the World Health Organization report that's come out today has, is pretty much confirming that that's an overreaction. It's still early days based on the evidence. Um, but I think they're doing it because they don't want to be accused of, of underreacting again because they, they know that that was quite devastating for their reputation. That's just my view. I don't know what you think about that.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the other thing I will say about in regards to the vaccine is, yeah, a lot of it was to do with being able to travel or whatever else. But I think the main reason that needs to be remembered, uh, again, I'm not like a pro-vaxxer, I'm not anti vaxx I got the vaccine. Um, one thing that should be remembered is the reason that I got it as well is because at the end of the day, you are protecting all people by getting the vaccine. Um, I mean, one of my best friends, is uh, his dad, especially, I think he's about 70. So he was at the start of it. He was uh, chatting to him about it the other day. He was saying, oh, I don't really want to get the vaccine. Seems a bit dodgy. Um, and, uh, all of his other mates were saying as well, like, oh, don't get that shit and blah, blah, blah. But then his mum had a chat with him and was like, listen, your dad's 70, um, you should Please will you get the vaccine because you could bring it home and your father could potentially die. And he saw saw it from a different light then. He's like, yeah. And he said to me, he was like, do you think it is dodgy, the vaccine? I said, I doubt it. He said, yeah, but other vaccines usually take between three and five years to make. And at the start, I did think as well, yeah, it might be dodgy, but we've never had a situation like this before, really. So obviously pretty much every scientist in the entire world for all the countries will have been working on this round the clock. So I don't think it is dodgy. Um, and yeah, that, that's an important thing that needs to be remembered. A lot of people will just get the vaccine because yeah, because you want your freedoms. And I, do, I think that that is wrong. You shouldn't get the vaccine for that reason, even though I understand why people get the vaccine for that reason, because no one wants to not be able to do anything. And it is bullshit that the government are spinning your freedoms on whether you've got the vaccine or not. I think that that's almost taking the autonomy out of your body, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that is wrong. So if you're feeling like that and you're feeling disgruntled because the government are making you feel that you can only have your freedoms, think of it from the, from the point that at least you're protecting old people. Yeah, uh, potentially, yeah. That's the way that I look at it. In regards to masks, if everyone's got the vaccine, why are masks required? It's that like, mm. oh, yeah, because it stops you from getting ill if you've got the, va- if you've got the vaccine. It um, can make it asymptomatic if you get COVID or stop you from feeling poorly. Right, so if I'm, wearing, if I'm not wearing a mask and then I have COVID, then an old person who's got the jabs anyway then gets COVID, they're going to be fine by that logic, and yeah, if they die, yeah. then the vaccine doesn't work. So, which way do you want to look at it? The masks don't mm. make a difference, I don't think, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, because yeah. they just negate the logic of other arguments. Mm.
0: Just yeah,
1: completely, yeah, just yeah, completely pointless. And like you said, it doesn't. There's no actual solid evidence that they work. You, you occasionally see some some bullshit meme on the internet that's been shared around. That's like, look, this is proof that they work. It's, it's all, it's all bollocks. And, and another thing pesticides that are sprayed on the food that we literally eat by farmers, they wear like full fucking hazmat suits pretty much mm. to, to spray out the food that we literally eat. So if if that's how dangerous that is, the food you're eating, a mask that just goes around your face isn't going to make any difference, is it? And plus, COVID transmissions usually go through people's eyes anyway. So I get the fact that people are... So they actually... You- yeah. Yeah, it's more to do with like going in through your eyes because if you're covering your mouth, it's pretty hard for transmission to go in through your mouth, but your yeah, eyes are all okay. open. So if it soaks into your eyeballs, you're fucked either way. So I get the fact that masks can maybe cover people sneezing, but that doesn't stop people transmitting it. Say if someone, I don't know, scratches their nose or, I don't know, pulls the mask off to go on the phone, they then touch the phone that they'll have touched the, the mouth when they're at home anyway. Do you know what I mean? So they're just going to transmit it through the phone, and then touching things in shops. The masks are just—it's just bullshit. If you're going to get COVID, you're going to get COVID.
0: Yeah, um, that's—I agree with that. And ultimately, the only thing I've ever been calling for throughout this entire thing is—is—is choice. Um, I don't—I don't like the idea. I can see why some people want to wear masks, and if you want to wear a mask, that's absolutely fine. You go ahead, you wear your mask. I don't care. It doesn't affect me in any way. If you want to socially distance from people, go ahead. If you want to wear gloves, if you want to leave the house in a full hazmat suit, quite frankly, I do not give a shit. Just as long as you're not making me do that exact same thing. I just want to be able to, to, um, decide my own risk. And like we say, an important point was raised by Steve Baker, the MP, I uh, don't know what constituency is MP for, but in parliament, he said, I'm pretty sure it was him anyway. Um, we COVID the infection fatality rate for COVID is now at a very similar level to what it, it is for flu every year. So, you know, we accept that we have flu jabs and we have COVID jabs. People die from flu. People will die from COVID and people will continue to die from COVID for years and years and years. It will just be something that people die from. And at what point, like you said earlier, what point do we stop having restrictions for something that we know is going to kill people. You can have as many vaccines as you want. And like I say, 100% I support the vaccine, go and get it, especially if you're vulnerable and go and get your booster, especially if you're vulnerable. Um, but to what point do we say, actually, no, we we, we need to let learn to live with this. I'm, I'm sure that was what the whole the government message was when they released restrictions in, uh, in on Freedom Day, as it was called, um, which lasted for four months. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the whole message, you know, we need to learn to live with this and rightly so. And now it is at a similar level of infection fatality rate right, as flu. Um, I should point out that I haven't taken time to research that myself. I'm taking Steve Baker MP's word um, there, but w- at what point we live with, flu- we did live with flu for years. We, we never did masks. We never did social distancing. We never did anything like that. We never did self-isolation if you had the flu, um, you just maybe stayed off work for a couple of days and then whatever, um, or even go in. People
1: go in to work with the flu. Yeah, exactly. Um, knowing full well that 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 will. The thing is, it, with the flu, it's not even a, it's not even an issue. Like I, I bet you any money. Well, I know for a fact. This is is a fact. When an old person died of the flu, it might be recorded for like a back office system for the ONS, but you wouldn't have the news coming on every day with like, oh, so many old people have died from the flu today. Everyone needs to isolate. Everyone needs to put masks on. And that's what I said to this guy who called me a Nazi the other day. I said, do you have this, this much outrage and like panic whenever old people die of the flu? I said, I guarantee I bet you've been into work when you've been poorly before. people going into work when they're poorly I've been into work when I've been poorly before oh exactly yeah I've been a bit under the weather and I've gone in and then then the age old thing oh you better not give me a cold and all that it's just that's just normal life that people get ill and they will then pass that on to other people and that's why we have an immune system and unfortunately some people are going to die from that said illness it's sad it's really sad but the average life expectancy of people that died of COVID is higher than the average life expectancy of all people anyway yeah Exactly. So again, the, I think the average death of COVID was like 85 or 82. I think it was 82 know,
0: or something like that around that. You
1: know, 82 is the standard life expectancy. Uh, right, okay. the average for people, for, for all people, well, people who died, the average yeah. expectancy is 82. And the average uh, death for COVID was 85. So obviously I'm not saying that these people were the three years overdue anyway, because that's clearly not the case. Mm-hmm. But they are going to die of natural causes around that time. And it is, like I say, it's awful and it's sad that they've died because of coronavirus. But if it wasn't coronavirus, it would have been the flu or something else. It's yeah. people die and it's sad, but it's the facts and reality. It's reality. Yeah, exactly
0: that. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to talk too much more about this, but one thing I would say to people um, oh, just hit my microphone. There, That was good. Um, one thing I would say to people, if, if you're getting, you know, to uh, cause, cause this, these announcements can have a genuine um, mental health impact on people. I know that the, especially when it was actual lockdown, that, uh, it was quite worrying um, and it was quite bad for a lot of people. And a lot of people will be worried about the sort of precedent that this announcement sets. Um, what I would say to those people is one, we're in a lot of a much better place than we have ever been before um, in the sense we've got a lot of people who have been vaccinated, a lot of people who have been boosted. Um, so I honestly do not think, and again, I can't be a hundred percent sure, but I honestly do not think we'll end up in another full lockdown um, at any point in the future because if we do then that is that is pure anti-vax logic if, if 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 we end up in a lockdown that's denying the fact that vaccines have had any impact um uh point number two i would say is try not to read too much it should be obvious but try not to read too much into the media stories and things like that um you know like i say we we don't know about what course this is going to take but the evidence suggests that this new variant is nowhere near uh, as as worrying as we thought it would be or as the government maybe thought it would be uh, and as other governments across europe thought it would be uh, not even as deadly or as transmissible perhaps as, as delta obviously that's on preliminary evidence it's not been tested for for weeks yet so we'll see um point three if you are struggling with anything go and speak to someone about it speak to any like samaritans uh help lines, or anything like that um and the, the the other point i'd say is just just make the most of it just make the most of I'm not saying that we are going to end up getting lashed back into restrictions but make the most of it make the most of just in being able to enjoy things with your mates because it's shit and it, the precedent that it sets can be shit but it's not really that much of a change, I don't think. Anyway, um, I know what it symbolizes can be quite daunting for a lot of people, but it's not that bad um, in terms of actual restrictions. Um, and there was something else I was going to say as well. Um, don't read, don't read too much into the real doom mongers, because there are people who, you know, will say, "Oh, this is going to just start. It's going to be another lockdown. It's going to be, it's going to go on forever and ever." Don't read too much into them. Uh, and equally don 't read too much into the mainstream media because that will send you mental as well.
1: I think it's important to mention as well, just as a final point, just sort of against the whole uh sort of the negative detrimental fact that lockdowns have had on this country. They reckon around three quarters of a million of cancer patient detections were missed out because of wards being shut down and yeah. because of the hysteria around covid yeah three quarters of a million people didn 't get diagnosed with cancer when they will have done um Meaning late treatment, so the knock-on effects of that. Is how many people are going to die because of that? It's, it's you've got to weigh up your options sometimes. And I mean, like I said before, people die, and it's really sad. But if you're, if you're actively showing negligence towards people who may potentially have cancer because of a virus, it's yeah. again, what precedent does that set?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, one final, 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 final point. Is a really good account to follow in the midst of all this Omicron uh variant news. Is uh, the at is at oh, I can't even pronounce I can't even pronounce that. At Sale Oro O R R O. Another O Scout. Um, she is a senior scientist, vaccine research and developer um, from the United States, and she just really put in some putting stuff into actual real terms and you know it's it's news that's news it's fact she's not sensationalizing anything and it's really quite nice to read when you know you, you're swamped by a lot of negative media headlines she actually puts the facts out there which is which is quite nice um but yeah anyway we'll move on to the tweet of the week Liam have you seen any uh, any bits of gold for us
1: um oh, I saw a belter before but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a bit close to the bone.
0: <laughs> did you send me it? I yeah,
1: uh, I don't think I did, but I will do. Send
0: me send me it now and I'll um
1: I'll send you I'll I'll forward you on WhatsApp. It's a I think it's a bit close to the bone for a proper
0: right. Right. Time. This is a live VAR review here. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a bit rough. Uh I am um I don't think so yeah nah what I'll say is if any of you nutcases who listen fancy uh, want to hear what it is just drop us a message on yeah, Twitter I'll, yeah drop us a message on Twitter and potentially I'll way up sending it to you um, yeah. so sort of, for anyone who is uh, obviously in the Twitter loop on here the sort of people that I send these to are like your jinxes and, uh, and your bakers and your <laughs> your Twitter pages like that so you can imagine what sort of filth it is that I've just received there, boys and girls um Shocking, um, yeah, right. So,
0: <laughs> anyway, my one is Politics for All tweeted, I'm absolutely confident that this Christmas will be considerably better than last Christmas, says Boris. And someone quote tweeted it with George Michael asked, giving his heart to someone special. <laughs> Quite enjoyed that. Not that funny to be fair, I was pretty dry this week, but um, I've got a Christmas based one here for you as well. Though. Go on, then, go
1: on. it's just like a picture of a, of a guy holding a Christmas tree with his daughter. And she says, nice tree, dad. Are you going to put it up yourself? And he goes, no, I'm going to put it up in the living room.
0: <laughs> that's a classic joke, that. that's Yeah, that's a, an age old classic. I, I, I do like that one, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we'll move on to basically we was going to pioneer like a little feature that Sam came up with this idea. And it was, in my view, a really good idea, Um basically we're going to do an ask the audience thing Mm. where we basically do a tweet, ask you to tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, And this week I did do that, but the the replies were two things that I already had put in the agenda. So um, James Molyneux, I think that's his last name. I could be wrong. Um, I wanted to speak about Omicron and I think we've done that to death and yeah, I I, I felt good to sort of vent that and get that out of my system. It's definitely good. Um and then Aaron Roberts asked us to talk about um public transport and like the prices and shit, which after the week I had on on public transport, I'm absolutely loving the fact that I get to talk about this because it was already on the already on the agenda because of how terrible my experience was. So I'll, I'll go through. I'll go through my horrendous week, right? Because honestly, and if you follow me on Twitter, you will know how much this ball, my piss. Uh, you probably got annoyed of hearing it. So, um, on Friday, the 19th of November, right? I was going down to Milton Keynes because on the on that night I was going to see Ricky Gervais in London. Top gig, by the way, absolutely fantastic. And it's coming out on Netflix, that stand-up show. So be excited for that because it was it was superb. My coach there was, I think, delayed by about, I want to say like 30, like 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. We get it. There's traffic. Okay, fair enough. Right. Only, only 30, 40 minutes. Not that bad. Not that bad. Anyway, got the train to London uh, from Milton Keynes, which is only like a 40 minute journey, um, just for context. Got the train back and we were stopped at Burke for over an hour um, because. One set of doors on the train wasn't working. So they had to evacuate, had to get everyone off the the train. They had to we and we had to get on the next train that came along. So just because one set of doors was malfunctioned, that meant I got on the train at London Euston at 10 past eleven. Bear in mind us, like I said, 45 to an hour, usually. Um, an hour on a slow train that stops a lot of places. Um, got back to Milton Keynes and it was probably about half one, maybe. I've been sat in Hampstead for like nearly an hour. It was absolutely west, honestly. Anyway, get the coach back the next day because I'd work in the evening. Let's get the coach back up to Leeds. Uh, Coach was delayed by an hour in getting there. So even arriving to Milton Keynes, it was delayed by an hour and didn't get back until an hour and a half after the scheduled arrival time in Leeds. Right, that's my first public transport uh, nightmare. My second one was on Saturday this week's last. Well, Saturday just gone, right? So uh, I'm an MK Dons fan, as you might know. Um, we were playing Morecambe away on Saturday and uh, I was going to go to it. I booked train tickets and stuff. I seem to apply for my fucking refund, actually. Um, I was going to book tra- I booked train tickets. So I went, got on a train at quarter to nine uh at leeds court train was delayed uh by not by long but only like six minutes or something because there'd been a bit of snow and a bit of wind so i thought oh you know fair enough a little bit of weather delays anyway to cut a long story short i ended up going to, it ended up taking me three and a bit hours to get from leeds to huddersfield and then huddersfield back to leeds because once i was on the train from leeds to Hud from Leeds to Manchester because I had to get off at Manchester, change, etc. So on the train from Leeds to Manchester, we had to stop at Dewsbury for over an hour because there was a signal fault. Uh, and then as we were going between Dewsbury and Huddersfield, we had to stop at all the signals that were along the way because they had to like manually flag us through or something like that. So at that point, I was like, well, I'm going to miss my connection. My return train had already been cancelled. Later that night, fuck Northern Rail, by the way. My return train had been cancelled. One of my connecting trains had been cancelled from Lancaster to Morecambe or, or was it Preston to Lancaster? One of those two. One of my one of those trains had been cancelled. So I was like, well, I'm obviously not going to be able to get there or even get back. Or if, if I get there, I won't even get back. Um, which which I so at that point I was like, All right, fuck it, I'm just gonna get home. So yeah, that's why I ended up coming back from Huddersfield to Leeds. Um and yeah, honestly, just an absolute shambles. So a few points to, to, to raise out of this, right? This is, this is, I feel like, a bit of a counselling session here and people are hearing me speak for longer than they might want to. But, right, why why is train travel so expensive? I know why it's expensive because it's all privatised, right? That's why it's expensive. So if train travel wasn't so expensive, this is, this is my main gripe about the first journey the 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 Leeds to Milton Keynes then the London whatever right why is train travel so expensive because your two options right my two options if I want to go from Leeds to Milton Keynes so I want to go home like for Christmas when I'm going home in a couple of weeks um, I can either get a train that will cost me about 70 pounds or 80 pounds for a return around that amount mental innit? it so uh, yeah, paying that much for a return, from to Milton Keynes, from Leeds to Milton Keynes. Yeah, I promise you, it's like seventy quid. Even if I booked, I I look, I was looking at it last month for going home in December, and it was still that much, even though it was like a month in advance or more. Absolutely insane. Or get a coach, which is a lot cheaper. It's only about thirty pound for a return, which I think is more fair. Um, but the coach is guaranteed to be late. Um, Literally guaranteed to be late. I've never, never, never gotten a National Express coach that has been on time. Uh, I have either arrived on time to get to pick me up or got to my destination on time. Never, not once. I've used it so many times. I've been at uni for three years now and I've used it so many times in that time. And I, I've literally never had one that's ran on time ever. Absolutely, but it's fair enough. There's traffic, don't know why they don't just adjust their arrival times. It's a fucking shambles, honestly. Like, just uh, i overestimate. The time it's going to take you to get there because if you overestimate it and then we get there early, everyone's going to be like, wee. But if you underestimate it and we end up getting there an hour late, people can be more pissed off. Doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, right. Point two trains. How are trains so expensive and yet the service is so shit? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's like pay it's like going to like a slap up meal, nice like five-star restaurant or whatever, paying for the food, you're paying for like a nice steak. Say you're paying like 30 quid for a really good steak, but it's a good steak. So you think that's gonna be good? Come out, they've not cooked it to what you wanted. Uh and actually they said it was gonna come with chips and it's come with mashed fucking potato, right? This is this is the level that that the train service is at, and it's it's just frustrating. I don't and the whole time I was thinking about this. My, I had mates coming up from Milton Keynes for the walking game. They had absolutely no problem. I know there wasn't as much snow in the south. They had absolutely no problems though getting from the south up to the north. The problems only started when they got to the north, and I couldn't help but thinking this is what happens when you neglect the north and you neglect transport public transport especially in the north because it can't cope we have half an inch of snow and then all of us and a bit of wind and all of a sudden our entire public transport system in the north is ground to a halt how many more times is that going to happen this winter period
1: like it's mental isn't it but there you yeah, go they that's my rant you don't care mate you don't care like everything's focused on the south; they don't care about the north. I can't believe they scrapped H-
0: oh, I I can't believe they scrapped the HS2, but I, I can't also because it's it's fucking ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I've seen that. Um, like a lot of the arguments that people used to make about the trains before they were privatised was that they were always late and that they were shit service. Well, now they're always late, the shit service, and the fucking expensive. Yeah, it's, you might can't well, win. You can't you win well with as, the trains. You might as well just nationalise it again, have a shit service, but at least it's cheap to travel. Mm. Because mm. at least it's cheap then, and then you're like, yeah, well...
0: That's what I mean. That's what I think. I think National Express like is cheap, and when it's shit, I'm like, well... At least it's, it's, like, it's a bit cheaper. Right? But still, yeah. it annoys me. But not as much yeah. as paying extortionate prices for a train that's not on time and breaks down. Or I just honestly just had an absolute nightmare of private transport, but it's ridiculous how overpriced it is i honestly firmly believe we have and i mean i'm not particularly well read on this subject but i think we must have surely one of the worst public transport systems in western europe
1: for trains yeah i'd say definitely surely i went i went yeah go go on on. no go on i wouldn't say public transport in general just because i feel like certain systems that we use here are good yeah Uh, for example the tube in london is is always runs well Uh, that's in fucking london Yeah, true, yeah. But I like like the tram in Manchester, to be fair. Yeah, the tram's good in Manchester. I feel like the public transport in Manchester is really good, the the links and stuff here. Um, But yeah, the train, we have the worst trains. It's the most expensive. I've never been anywhere in the world that's more expensive than us for trains. It's
0: so extortionate, literally. I remember I went to um, Amsterdam a few years back and I think I paid 19... I was there for about four days, I think. paid €19 for unlimited travel for four days around Amsterdam. Literally. And Amsterdam's,
1: and Amsterdam's one of the most expensive cities in Europe for going to like for food. Yeah, yeah it's even their transport system's cheap. It's unreal, honestly. It's, it makes me so so depressed. I was in uh, I was in Naples like last year with two of my mates, um, and we was going to get the train from Naples to Sorrento, so then we'd go to the Amalfi Coast. It was like an hour and twenty minutes on the train or something. It's like twenty stops in total. So anyway, I said to the I owed them both a drink from like the last bar we'd been in. It was like my round next. So I just yeah. said, well, why don't I just get the train tickets when we because I knew they'd be cheap enough. So I was like, oh, I'll just get the, the train tickets for the three of us here. That can be like my round or whatever. So I walked up to the like the, the ticket office guy. And I was like, uh, can I get three um three tickets to Sorrento uh, every turn? And he said, Yeah, that'll be um three euros 30, please. I said, No, no, for, for three of us. So I was like, I want them for free. And he went, Yeah, that'll be three euros 30, please. They were one euro 10 each. Shut up. I swear to God. I think it might have been one way actually. I think it was one way. Um, yeah, but, they but were even here. still, so what? So so what? Six six euro for a return. Yeah, so it was like eight for for three of us. So it was like eighty pence for one way each.
0: That is mental. It
1: was. I promise you, because I said when he said three euro thirty, I was like, oh, "That's not bad for one person to get to Sorrento." And he said, "No, no, that's for all three of you." And I was like, "We all just looked at yeah. each other like, did you just hear what he just said?"
0: Yeah. Yeah. It? an it hour fun. 20 minute journey would cost you probably like 15 20 quid at least
1: easy easy in i mean i've UK. just come back from blackpool today um and it was 20, 20 to one quid return yeah and it an oh, hour, it? yeah and then yeah one euro ten each.
0: mate yeah the public transport in the uk absolutely does my tits in like nothing else it just absolutely oh mate it's, it's the worst it's the worst um yeah, but there's my there's my gripe. I think it's a pretty unanimous. It's not really a debate or an argument, there is there. It's just no debate. Yeah. Make it cheaper. I, I that's probably one of the more radical viewpoints I have. Is nationalise the railways? I just <laughs> I just think, mate, it can't get any worse than it is now. Surely, like the experiences I've had recently. How, it can't get worse.
1: It can't, right? unless the train just derails every single time. Yeah, especially in the north. It's, it's sometimes when you go down south, or if you get a train to London and you're on the Virgin rails or whatever, they're not as bad. They're still extortionately priced, but at least the service isn't bad. The northern ones are just an absolute
0: joke. Yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I there's like not much a, more
1: like a shed on wheels pulling up and you just like
0: the <laughs> northern rail is just unreal, know? honestly. Um, yeah, there we go. But um, right, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the uh, this 200K for November thing because it's done and dusted now. It's the 1st of December at the time of recording. Uh, me and Sam have officially completed 200K between us for November, which was quality. We did it uh, all in aid of the campaign against Living Miserably, which is, uh, in their words, a leading movement against suicide. The singest, single biggest killer of men under the age of 45 in the UK. Um, they run a free and confidential helpline and web chat seven hours a day seven days a week um, so a really really good service uh, and a really important cause um, we raised we set a target of 150 quid we raised 185 which is very nice uh, I know you know any money that you give to a charity at this time of year especially is not a small fortune um, so thank you very much I'm going to go I'm going to go through the supporters and give you all a little shout out because I think you deserve it thank you very much we got Ross Duffy uh, my nana and granddad's quality. Um, Kieran, I think this is Kieran McKerricker, could be wrong. Used to work with him at the botanist. Um, good man. Jack Wright, I think this could be Jack Wright. Again, work with him. Good lad. Sophie Burrell, thank you very much. Um, Emma Potter, who's uh, Danielle, my girlfriend's sister. Jack Lilyard, thank you, mate. My dad. Uh, we've got Sky, who I work with as well. We've got May. Again, I lived with her last year. James Reynolds, uh, good lad. Stuart Clark, been on the podcast a few times. My cousin, my girlfriend's parents. Thank you very much. Um, we've got Joe, I think it's Joe Cleveley. Could be wrong, though. Could be Joe Handley. I'm sorry, if I've got the wrong Joe. Don't know, didn't put a last name. Uh, got my girlfriend's little brother there as well. Got Liam Mason, big man indeed. And Danielle myself herself um so yeah thank you very 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 much for donating really appreciate everything um and it's going to a fantastic cause and yeah i'm glad i don't have to run like 50k a week now because it was absolutely kidding me i'm not gonna lie
1: making it a bit easier next year just selling your nudes
0: for i think we'd raise less money i'm not gonna lie could you imagine that when i was selling my my nudes People pay you to keep your clobber on. I was going to say, yeah, pay me to not send my news to anyone. I think a sp- sponsored dress. I think, yeah, honestly, I, I think that would probably be a better strategy. I don't think ten pound uh, a day
1: for the whole month for all my cocks going on Twitter, <laughs>
0: <laughs> mate. Unreal, honestly. Um, I, I, I wouldn't even do that to be honest. Um, obviously, we. No, I'm just saying, but yeah, you know. uh, we've got the worst take of a week. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you pick it, Liam. Right? Because I've got two, and they're from they're from both sides of the um, of the lockdown or restriction spectrum. So we've got one here from Anthony Fowler, who, from what I can gather, is a scouser. He's a boxer, professional a- boxer, Robbie Fowler's cousin. Is he actually Robbie Fowler's cousin? All oh, right, yeah, yeah, or, or, or his nephew.
1: Something like that. Is he, like either that. His, is he either his cousin or his nephew?
0: All right, yeah, he's a scouse boxer, um, and he tweeted. Genuinely, this, he's not even taking a piss either. He tweeted, is it just a coincidence that the new variant Omricon B is an anagram of no crimbo? Oh, there's so much wrong with that. It's not only that is, is the thing spelled Omicron wrong, I'm pretty sure they spell it wrong anyway. Um, it's, it's a Greek letter. That's what the variants are named after. Um... I also it assumes that Omicron uh, and no crimbo, no crimbo is something that's used in every country in the world. There's so many holes in that that it's a sponge.
1: And it like uh, the word crimbo isn't just used by yummy mummies.
0: Yeah, in it. Um, or this one you can have from Fermi Olawale, who um, was in our pro lockdown World Cup. He's put this tweet if i tried to piss on you with my trousers on you'd stay dry if i tried to piss on you normally with my trousers off you'd get wet even with your trousers on but less so than with them off Masks reduce the distance covid droplets travel from your mouth they're about protecting other people um yeah so you want me to pick which one's the worst one i want you to pick because they're both I mean, the Femi one I can maybe understand a bit more; makes a bit more sense. Not much, but it makes a bit more sense.
1: Um, the Anthony Fowler one is right. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the fence. I feel like the Anthony Fowler one is more stupid, but the reason why the other one, um, the Femi one, it, it might be worse because Anthony Fowler is a literal professional boxer. He gets punched in the head for a living. So for someone to put something as stupid as that, a good excuse is the fact that they get... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, um, but that is really stupid. That is honestly something that you would see on like, yeah, full-time Yummy Mummy Twitter or full-time Yummy what? Mummy yeah, Facebook Yeah, yeah, yeah. The word Crimbo. Yeah, yeah you'd have to go on Fowler, follow, but also I, I'm kind of sticking up for him because he does get digged in the head for a living. So I still, th- I
0: still think you've got to... A- You've yeah, got, I think, so I think that's if if worst take means the stupidest tape, which is what I take it as, yeah, to it's be, gotta be that one, then it has, then to, it has to, be. to be that one, yeah, it has to be. That's
1: that's one of the most stupidest things I've ever seen, yeah. Like, yeah. Emily, Emily Rachel would be proud of that one, <laughs> like, she'd be proud of something like that. Don't that's slag awesome. her off, she got us the 13th in the podcast charts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not slagging her off, I'm not slagging her off, <laughs> oh, she, could she likes, but that is that is definitely top tier. Emily Rachel tweet, that. oh, probably, yeah,
0: probably. Um, bless her. <laughs> Right, we'll wrap it up there, I think. Um that was episode forty-nine next week or whenever we do it, because we do have awkward weeks now. Um we episode number fifty. That'd be that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? A uh, nice little milestone there. Um bottle the
1: champagne for the um for the,
0: the for the drink of the week.
1: Yeah, got to be. Oh,
0: fuck that. Um thank you for joining us, Liam. Have you enjoyed yourself?
1: I have, mate. I have.
0: As always, as always. Nice crazy. one. Um yeah thank you very much for listening we appreciate all your support um especially recently i'm really feeling feeling the love from our from our audience it's good it's really good um yeah thank you for listening uh we'll see you again next speak to you again rather next week get involved with our social medias though we are at point of politics on twitter and instagram we're also on tiktok um and what else are we on you've got a website www.politics.wordpress.com although to be honest it's becoming more of a history book than a website because i haven't posted there for probably months i'm not gonna lie but if you want to read some of my old stuff i think it's pretty decent uh so so feel free to have a little look at that um but yeah for now take care of yourselves um don't get too down about the current state of affairs um i'm sure i'm sure it won't be that bad touch wood many many times um but yeah thank you very much for all your support and we'll speak to you again next week have a good one